0: Hello and welcome to the Race to Alaska podcast. I'm Jesse, the race boss, back again as you deal with the last bits of winter. You are wearing out the bulbs in your happy light and dreaming hopelessly about the summer and getting back out on the water. Before I get into this week's interviews, hey, I've got a question for you. I want to ask you this. I'm going to use the shameless tactic of trying to give you something if you answer me. The question is this. I want to hear a story about a time when Race to Alaska got you in trouble in some way. For instance, were you staying up every night staring at the track or so much that you wound up late to work? You got fired? Did you race in Race to Alaska and you wound up in divorce court? I want those stories. So email me your answer at podcast at r2ak.com and I'll send out one randomly chosen person a classic orange Race to Alaska watch cap. You've seen them, You love them. Orange watch cap. And if I have to pay shipping charges all the way to Australia or Japan or somewhere, it's going to frustrate me, but I will do it. All right, let's move on to the interviews. First off, I talked race boss Emeritus Daniel to talk to Team Bonesaw's Revengeance Rising. Yeah, so last year's Team Bonesaw, I thought their name wasn't cool enough, so they added some extra nonsense to it. And uh, Daniel talks about that and some other things.
1: All right, cool. So... All right. Eric and Erica, uh, father, daughter, right? Yep. And now I got a third in the application. I got a third person, which is Rob, who's definitely not with us right now. Correct. Yeah. But he's sailing with you. It's just you three. Cause I was getting a sense that maybe you were changing up your crew. So, yeah. So, so this year
2: it's going to be just three of us. So, uh, Uh, It's it's me, uh, my daughter Erica, and then Rob's going with us. Last year it was uh, myself, Rob, Erica, my other daughter Rachel, and then they have a friend uh, Brittany who also went. There was five of us that went last year. So we're we're, yeah we're trying to knock the weight down a little bit uh, uh, this year. We're just going with three.
1: Now is it that you're trying to knock the weight down, or did a couple people just come to their senses and say this is a terrible idea? Take a hike. You're on your own if you're going to try it again. You know, I don't know if I should like
2: you at this point or uh, <laughs> or, or how we'd want to run this. You know, I think,
3: think we will do it again.
2: Yeah. yeah, it was the weight <laughs> was a definite issue. So I'm going to use that excuse as our main excuse. But but I, I have to say this, that there were uh, the level of comfortability uh, was not nowhere near close to what I imagined. You know, I mean, there wasn't any as far as uh, when it came to pebbling this this stiletto that we had last year, the stiletto sitting on a wet cushion uh, for hours on end. And you're just basically, you know, working, working everything. And it's just getting wetter and wetter. And
3: And you're not really going forward.
2: Yeah, you're not going forward. So it it was amazing. I think that the... uh, I, uh, what I was really thinking uh, before the race and what uh, what reality
1: was, you know. Really- all right. yeah. And so let's, I mean, yeah, let's talk about like, so last year you all took off, high aspirations. Tell me what happened. Just give, give me the juicy bits, you, <laughs> Stiletto, cause you're on a Corsair this year, um, like an F, F24. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice little trimaran thing. Um, so give me the juicy bits. What happened last year? What ended up, um, you know, forcing y'all to call it quits?
2: Well, I, I think a lot of it was we just kind of uh, s- slowly came to an agreement. We just run out of time. You know, we got uh, uh we did a lot of pedaling. Uh, that took a while. We uh, went backwards for, uh, like, uh, I don't know, every other day we were going backwards for two or three hours because we got caught in the current, and that was my fault because I wasn't – paying attention to, you know, the, the current and the tide charts. Perfect. Yeah. And then we got holed up in the Kelsey Bay for like three days uh, waiting for that uh, nasty storm to uh, subside. Cause it was blowing, I don't know, 30, 35 knots through there. We, we just got hammered. I, I mean, everybody got hammered up there uh, in Johnstone street. Uh, so th- that took that just added a lot more to it. And, it. and some of us had did have to get back to work. And we, you, you kind of, you know, you uh, look at how much longer we had to go. And if we have uh, these days where the wind's not blowing and we're doing pedaling at one knot, you know, for uh, yeah. 12, yeah. 12, 16, 18 hours a day, it's just, we're just never going to get anywhere doing that. So um, The
3: back of the boat started cracking too. The yeah, stuff yeah. was we really, have really falling boat. apart.
2: Yeah, the, the tramp are starting coming apart, and the boat the boat was making a hell. Of, uh, oh, geez, some this popping noise like a gun going off. I the I think it's the the two holes twisting over the uh, the waves and the swells that we had. You know, you got the the, the the starboard holes coming up, and the and then it's dipping down, and now the port's coming up and starting to go down, and you just hear this this horrendous crack or and pop, and it was. Uh,
1: you know, we're all looking at each other, like uh, you know, what fell on the you know, what what broke off the boat. But well, so this might be a good time to say that, like, write a stiletto. We're talking so for those who don't know, it's a two-hold vessel, uh, pretty spare, connected by um, a couple beams, nothing a lot in between the two, and you're living and operating on the on the two holes, right?
2: That is correct. Yep, yeah. yeah. that, that's a, that's a good description.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so what you're describing is like they started to react uh, separately to the seas and you're hearing that and some popping and cracking and maybe there's some kind of stress delamination going on.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, we we, we actually uh, we inspected the boat closely uh, in Kelsey Bay for uh, I mean, we, we went over all uh, the beams uh, secured in the holes. We couldn't find any cracks. Yeah. It did have a, a fresh paint job on it, and I, you could see the, that the paint in some areas was was chipping off. I don't know if that was if we had some flex going on there or or what that was about, but um, so so, so yeah, there was something going on that was uh, very discerning as
1: far as out loud that loud popping mm-hmm. noise. So, so so I'm thinking because it's um you know you got the rare experience of like you know doing the race really getting hammered on being able to pull out of that learn a lot from that you know and still decide you're going to you want to go after it again um so that's a pretty unique perspective and i'm wondering when you think uh when both you eric and eric when um you think of your lives and the things you've done in the past what are are there things that you think you've done that have most prepared you for race to alaska the conditions the the mental preparation anything mm-hmm.
3: I mean, I honestly didn't think it was that hard. Or I mean, yes, it's challenging. Yes, it's difficult. It can be stressful, but when you're with the right people, it's more fun than anything else. <laughs> like, I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> so,
4: that's,
3: I mean, I've done some backpacking, yeah, and some trips, but
2: yeah, I, I think that's an interesting question because uh, it's it's like I said earlier, you know, what I what I think the race is going to be and how it's going to pan out is not in reality what it is, you know, yep. when it comes not down to it. So I, I, and I've sailed on boats uh, a lot in the past, you know, they've always had engines. So if, mm-hmm. when you got tired of, you know, when the winds ain't blowing and you start up the motor and you have somewhere, you know, an anchor, but it's a, kind of a different ball game when you're, uh,
3: in the middle of a start, current going backwards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned a couple of times, Eric, that like, it didn't meet your expectations that there are differences. Are there, um, are there things that you can name that you're like, well, I thought this, but this is what happened. And clearly, like it was uh, maybe a little wetter than you thought. The boat was wetter than you thought or th- the ride it was more uncomfortable. Are there are other things like that that um, because you I mean, I, I should back up a little bit. You've got a lot of experience sailing. I mean, you've been doing it for decades and decades. You've done it a ton in this area. So, you know, you're not unfamiliar with currents or certainly the weather that can be thrown at you out there. So I'm, yeah, I'm really, I'm really curious. What are the things that, that caught you by surprise? Got that, Jenny? Dad, <laughs> well, you
3: said the thing that caught him by surprise. He's been sailing in that area for so long. Um, that first day when we were heading across the Strait to Victoria, uh, I think right when we landed, the entire family gave dad some shit because we notoriously get stuck in tides. We don't pay attention to him. And that was the first lesson that we learned. And it is what we paid attention to most moving forward
2: yeah yeah that was that was a little bit embarrassing we're, we were probably eight miles from Victoria and at it was like uh, four or five o'clock in the afternoon I mean we we're just yep. heading that yep. direction and the wind yeah. just popped out yeah and so we break out the pedal drive and we start pedaling we I think one thing too is we're talking and having a good time and uh, not really paying attention to what's going on and yep. after about I don't know an hour and a half or something like that we realize uh, we're looking the shoreline and we haven't gone anywhere. And as a matter of fact, we're starting to go backwards. So yeah. for about six hours, we went backwards, uh, probably another, I don't know, six miles, uh, got wrapped around the east side of Victoria there. And yeah. Uh,
1: that washed up Harrow was Strait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. what
2: well, looked like we were, you know, we were gonna get into Victoria at, at you know, six or six thirty. We ended up getting into Victoria at like one thirty in the morning, you
1: know. Yeah. It's, you know, a lot of people don't realize that arguably that leg of the race is one of the hardest legs of the race. It's the longest crossing the currents, you know, along the going along the mouth of Victoria Harbor. If you know, if you're not watching them, they'll, you know, you saw it right there. They take you and they'll just flood you north. Yeah. Yeah. And they won't let you in. No, they they won't. (laughs) Okay. How about this? Um, what is it that when that now having done it once before, what are you like? I wish I would have had that. I'm going to make sure I had it. Is it a granola bar? Is it a certain spanner? Is it an extra suit of sales? Uh, you know, a rip cord on your parachute? What is it?
3: I want to say I packed pretty well. I know maybe some food and snacks, that are just like more warm clothes. I know what I'm going to help my dad pack this time around. <laughs> <laughs> He went really uh, low key and was like, No, I'll be fine with like the general basics. I was like, Okay, well, I hope so. We packed a little extra for him. Yeah. But we had three people crammed into one hole. So we were always warm, no matter what, even if we had like no sleeping bags or just a blanket.
1: Yeah. Dad and Rob yeah. were
3: on the starboard side, kind of freezing their asses off when they were trying to sleep. So a sleeping bag for Dad. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, uh, it was a lot colder than I thought too, I guess, at, at night. <laughs> for some reason, I thought I could sleep on the, uh, uh, the stiletto has a, a hard deck and it also has a canvas uh, tarp on the front. And I thought I could just sleep on that at night and
1: you tried that uh, once. Under, the,
2: under the sails, you know, with uh, most of my foul weather gear on and stuff. And I like just about froze my ass off up there.
3: That but, was also after like the worst night on the boat.
2: That was the worst night, yeah. Yeah.
3: What do you mean,
2: weather,
1: weather-wise, or yeah. like uh, something else?
2: Yeah, that was the second time we weren't watching the currents. We were, we got stuck in that. Uh, we uh, tried to. suggest something where all this, all these logs were, were spinning around in a circle, and and there was, uh, there was Team Bonesaw spinning around with all these logs in the circle. And yeah. uh, do you remember what the name of that marina was? Was it uh, uh,
3: pl- Playground of the Pacific?
2: Yeah, Playground of the Pacific, right outside of like-
3: that. Nine yeah, miles, there, down the
2: sea. I know floating around for a couple, four, three, four hours or something like that, and we started the, the current started letting up, and we started heading that way. There's no wind, so we're, we're this is like at four o'clock in the morning, and yeah. we're heading toward that playground in the Pacific. We, run, we ended up uh, running aground because uh, I can not see, quite see where yeah. the end was, so we ran aground. It was it was a, a light grounding. Anyhow, I, I jumped off the boat to uh, push push the boat back into the <laughs> to back note he had his dry water. suit on what's that uh-huh.
3: i said to note he had his dry suit on
2: i have my dry suit on but i didn't have it zipped properly so i <laughs> jump, jump in the water and it, <laughs> starts, it starts filling up you know, i'll get the boat get the boat shoved off and then i gotta try to get back on the boat yeah and it's it's probably sitting about uh the, the bow's probably sitting about two and a half uh feet out of water and i try to hoist myself up there and then i get a cramp in the back of my leg so i'm kind of half on half off the boat this cramp on the back of my leg it's you know four o'clock in the morning and uh that, that was just uh that was i don't know a typical day or, or typical issues that you have or, yeah. or what it is but
3: well this is after getting like rained on for the entire evening sitting on yeah. the deck making sure we like don't yeah. run into anything the boat's not moving we're not pedaling because it's not doing anything against the currents and then yeah. we crawl to this marina to <laughs> run aground you're just like son of a yeah
1: <laughs> so you know the experiences like those oftentimes generate some kind of boat divorce either the people leave the boat or someone stays with the boat and the other people leave well you know those are those are cathartic moments but You know, you two seem really comfortable with each other. Have you all done a lot of kind of adventures, harebrained schemes, uh, mended accidents, whatever that might be together?
3: (laughs) Well, I'm not saying my dad's a sane individual. So you said harebrained scheme. (laughs) Right up his alley. Um, I don't know. We've done a lot of like sailing up in the Straits. My family vacation zone, we always had engines. We always like moving around and going places. So.
2: I, well, I gotta, I gotta think that uh, you know, you and your your uh, sister are the, are the adventurous sort. I mean, these uh, these guys always, they seem to travel a lot, seem to go places and do things. Um, you know, and uh, Brittany, the other gal we had on board, you know, she just got done sailing uh, uh, the Whitbread race. You know, that sail uh, around the world. She just got off that boat, so she's uh, very adventurous. And uh, Rob, you know. <laughs> He's up for it. You can, t- you
1: can talk him into anything. We'll, we'll put it that way. <laughs> so Who came up with this idea to begin with like, Oh, race to Alaska. That's a good idea. I better start talking to people. Was that dad. you Rob? Or was that Erica? It
3: was dad. He's been yeah. following it from the beginning. I'm pretty sure.
2: Well, actually, you know, back in, I think when the race started in 2015, was that when they yeah. first had, yeah, I, I think I wanted to do it then, but I, I really, I couldn't find anybody that wanted to go. I didn't have a boat. Uh, then, uh, and I couldn't find anybody that wanted to go. And uh, I think about every, every year, almost, or every other year, I, I tell the girls, Hey, the, uh, race is coming up. You guys want to do that? And they said, no, we can't, we've got a new job or we're going here or going there or whatever. And then, uh, last year it's like, uh, you know, one more time, do you guys want to try that race to Alaska? And they're like, hell yeah, let's do it. So oh, <laughs> I bought that stiletto and then got it and got <laughs> it ready to go. So we did it.
1: So, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
3: no. it wasn't a hard decision.
1: No, no,
3: no. <laughs> this wasn't a hard decision either to do it around two. So yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. What kind of what kind of other things do you do outside of like race to Alaska? Uh, are you you find adventure um, outside of this? Um, what do you do to stay busy?
3: Uh, I live in Jackson, Wyoming. Been here for about ten years now. Uh, I don't ski, but I can ski cross country ski in the winter, which is freaking eternal here. Read a lot, hike in the summer, go down the snake in my pack raft, camp. Yeah, outside time. It's, mm-hmm. it's, everyone that lives in this town is a super intense individual, so it's hard to be mediocre in this town.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> Kind of, you get shamed and for like staying indoors, which is fair, but.
1: Eric, how about you? You own a business. That's gotta keep you pretty busy, huh?
2: Yeah. You know, unfortunately, I don't have uh, I don't have that time to uh, do all that fun stuff anymore. Um, I mean, I do try to get uh, I don't know some some small adventures in one way or the other. We, you know, I say I got a motor home, so we I, I, I can go places and check things out that way. I, I do love traveling. Uh, that's uh, the wife uh, uh, loves traveling too. So that's just uh, it's fun to get out and see other places, see America, and and, uh, and meet people. That's that's just a that's
1: just a hoot. So, so uh, so being, being with all the experience that y'all have, oh, I, got, I got two questions. One, I'm wondering, uh, you know, you're coming at it for a second year after having to pull out before. Got a new boat, a few less people, but um, does it feel like uh, business undone? Does it feel like just part two of the adventure? Is it a revenge match? Uh, you know, where does, where does race to Alaska lie in your relationship network now? You know,
3: I think it's a little bit part one and part three, business undone and a little bit of revenge. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, <unfinished business>. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I get that. I mean, there's. there's- the, the race leaves a lot of people with unfinished business. I mean, that's, yeah. that's why it's such a challenge yeah. 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 and coming back is all that matters. Really. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
2: last year, the, the, the preparation alone was just, uh, that just ate me up because, uh, I, I kind of had to, uh, you know, design and build this, these pedal drives for that, for that stiletto. And that was, I spent a lot of nights, uh, you know, not sleeping at night, trying to figure out how this is going to all come together. So, uh, the pedal drives work great. Um uh, 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 put a lot of money into that boat also just, you know, a new rigging sails, and everything else, you know, uh, uh, what do they say about a fool and his money kind of a thing. So so yeah. it, all this preparation and you don't finish, you know, all, all that preparation and it's just like, a, you know, it's uh, the, the the huge learning curve on top of that. i never, never having done that before too. So it's like, yeah, I, I, I've got a great, a better understanding you know we know we're going to watch the tides and the currents a lot more we know we're going to be in on the shoreline when uh the wind's not blowing and the current's getting ready to change we're going to you know drop anchor we're not going backwards you know we're going to at least not go anywhere you know
1: yeah so, yeah. so why'd you pick when you went from the stiletto clearly you're, you think the multi-hole is the way to go and you went to a ferry, right an f-24 what um uh what i mean why why do you like the fair why do you want more what yeah You want that one?
3: Well, my assumption is we made really good friends with Team Mike and Marty, or Mike and Marty's big day out. And I'm pretty sure when we were stuck in Port McNeil, Dad was, might have already been on Craigslist looking at boats. (laughs)
5: looking
3: for a a Corsair. Yeah. But what was it? Three of them made it to Alaska last year? Three of the farriers?
2: Well, uh, Mike and Marty and uh, Team Pesto. uh, Yeah. Or Pesty and... uh, there's a couple other, couple other, I know the 24s because there was a lot, the 27, I think, that made it. And, of course, they seem to have a, a pretty good pretty good record. Of, uh, <laughs> I don't know about, I shouldn't say that, because I know uh, <laughs> somebody, somebody's had a newer one that fell apart on, I think. Isn't that correct? Do you remember that, Daniel?
1: Yeah, I do, I do.
2: A- anyhow, that, and uh, the uh tore their dagger port off uh, yeah. on theirs, so that wasn't necessarily the boat's problem. That was just, you know, hitting a rock when you... You don't see it so. yeah i'm
1: pretty sure you're not supposed to do that with boats but uh you know i've had to really prove that myself personally as well yeah
2: the thing about the ferrier too is because it does have that you know it basically has a hole with a actual cabin in it that uh, is probably going to give us a little bit more comfort as far as uh, changing clothes and hanging up wet uh, wet gear uh, standing
3: up straight inside stand- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Standing up straight, yeah, putting clothes on, taking clothes <laughs> off.
1: So what is, um, what is it about Race Alaska that makes you want to do it compared to, like, just cruising up on your own? I mean, oftentimes I think it's described as, like, a call, right? The race calls. How does it call to y'all? What's the thing?
3: It's a massive challenge. But I also get to do it with, like, my dad or my family. It's pretty awesome.
2: <laughs> one, one thing I uh, – another thing I learned, too, uh, last year was uh, the people that you meet. Uh, oh, yeah. Whether there's the, uh, guys like you and uh, Jesse, the organizers of Race to Alaska and Verity, are just just great people, very helpful. Uh, our other competitors, you know, I can't. Uh, um, uh, Mike and Marty are just uh, they're like great friends, awesome. you know. <laughs> just yeah, they're yeah. just uh, just just great people. Uh, Eric Pestes, I, I met him uh, at the Blazer Party. Great guy yeah. and a bunch of other people.
3: <laughs> All of Team Buckeye. You were like neck and neck the whole time.
2: Yeah, and and, and the people that you meet along the way. Um, we were holed up in uh, uh, Kelsey Bay for like three days, and we met uh, Jimmy Mick, and who's uh, uh, <laughs> one of one of the greatest guys <laughs> that you could ever meet. I mean, he was he was bringing us. Uh, they had a little if you want to call it a clubhouse or a little little cabin up on the dock there, and he was coming down there every morning, bringing coffee and donuts at yeah. five o'clock in the morning, and he just Tell stories and spin yarns, and just a funny guy. So yeah, and just just a lot of good people out there that you meet. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: they all think you're yeah. crazy, but they're all amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think us as organizers kind of came to that same realization that some of the the best experiences just the, is the people rather than the experience itself. It's it's what is, has brought all of these really unique and fantastic characters together, and it's like to be in a league of like really unusual adventurers all of which kind of share that similar um yen to to do a thing and it's yeah 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 yep. yeah well okay well, uh why bone saw why the name what's up it's a great name i love the name
4: uh, <laughs> that's your dad
1: no you came up with that one have no. you used the bone saw <laughs>
3: <No>. <laughs> thank god
2: <laughs> so I, erica you came up with that name didn't you
3: well, it was a vague family motto for a second before it became a team name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we dad stole it. Stole it. Uh, borrowed it from the 2002 Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire.
0: Uh
1: huh. And uh-huh. he's
3: in that wrestling scene, and the first person he challenges, his name is Bonesaw. Right. But he
2: has a yeah. saying that I'm not going to do, but Dan yeah. can. Yeah. Well, uh, he, he does that. The, the, the big line is, you know, Bonesaw is ready. You know, so he's going to fight. He's going to fight Tobey Maguire, who's, who's Spider-Man. But I think it's, it's uh, Randy Savage is yes. is, is, the bo- is Bonesaw oh. in the movie. So it's, it's pretty good. And uh, what, uh, what, Another thing that's funny about that, too, there's another line in there where uh, Bonesaw, Randy Savage says, you know, I got three minutes of playtime. You know uh, that part, and I think someone, someone in that uh, our Instagram post said something about we're going through Seymour Narrows, and it's like you got three miles of playtime. You know, so I thought I thought I that. that was pretty good, but they picked up on that. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. yeah,
1: yeah, that's great.
3: Some people get the reference. Some people think we're doctors, not at all.
2: <laughs>
1: Some people are
3: very confused. <laughs> we're just nerds.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it's just a great name. It gets, there's so many ways you can take it. It's kind of perfect. Um, yeah. Well, and that's—I mean—that's all I got. Is there anything else um, for you all?
3: I'm excited to do it again. Yeah. And actually make it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're excited to have you. But yeah, thanks for—yeah, um, thanks for uh, giving the time, just kind of talking a little bit about your background. It's really great as we try and get the stories out, well, because kind of like what we were hitting at—that idea is. The the stories behind these events is what really yeah uh, yeah is the is the meat of it is yeah, and it's yeah. um you know what keeps me watching all the time and a lot of other people uh, being part of it so
2: yeah right on I'm I'm looking forward to it again I really am see see everybody and meet new people that's that's uh, yeah. that's what it.
0: Catch-a-Can. it's the home of the race to Alaska finish line world class fishing a big damn mountain to hike right in the middle of town, and more. And to help you experience this, please go check out the website of our sponsor, the Ketchikan Visitors Bureau. KVB has been supporting R2AK since before written records, and when you decide to come to Alaska this summer to help celebrate the finishing racers, they'll be the ones who can show you all the things you can do while you're there, so go to visit-ketchikan.com. Alright, next up I spoke with Odin, Chris, Pearl, and Enzo of Team Roscoe Pickle Train. What I did not know, and now I feel foolish about not knowing, is that their team name is a clever reference to the Dukes of Hazard character Roscoe P. Coltrane. Well played, Odin. Well played. Well, first I wanna know what is a Roscoe Pickle Train.
4: Um, so, I mean, most people instantly think, um, Duke's a hazard, but in all reality, Roscoe Train was a cat that I had when I was growing up. Um, and it just happens to be a good name for a green boat.
0: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and you bought, you, you got Roscoe Train for 2020 race. Yeah. For the 2020 race, which then of course didn't happen.
4: Nope. So four years later, we're finally getting back around to it.
0: All right. So you first picked up the boat and then now you've picked up a team. So I know Odin, you live here in Port Townsend. Enzo, <laughs> you're in Seattle. I have no idea where you other two are from. Uh, how did you all come together? Well, um, Pearl is my girlfriend
4: and she now, she can explain the, um, <laughs> where mm-hmm. she's from mm-hmm. and how she got to here.
6: Okay. So I grew up in Paulsbow and grew up doing like sailing camps. And then me and Odin met like a year and a half ago now. Um, and he was already planning to do the race this year on the boat. And I was totally down. I coach, um, I helped coach high school sailing on Bainbridge and I, so I kind of bounced back between Paulsville and Port Townsend for commute reasons,
0: but yeah. Cool. So Chris, where are you? You're, I mean, I'm in the zoom with you. You're sitting in your car somewhere. Where's your <laughs> yeah. car?
5: Uh, Port Townsend Shipwrights Co-op right now. There you uh, go. Yeah. So I, I live here, uh, actually roommates with Odin, but, um, uh, I guess originally I'm from San Diego. I, uh, I've, like kind of grown up sailing cruising uh mostly and then doing like lake sailing and stuff like that but uh uh you're on the navy because i like the water and it was on submarines though so like not really uh sailing but anyway i got here and then, um started sailing with odin and he mentioned that he was going to do the race and i like doing difficult things so
0: awesome and then i would assume okay so the three of you totally tied directly to odin now enzo we know you you're 2022 team rite of passage making waves being young people doing cool things and then last year you did 7048 just because you felt like it uh i guess maybe odin did you and enzo meet or enzo i'll ask you odin you've talked enough enzo did you meet odin in 2022 is that how the connection came up
7: yeah we did actually while we were um in Victoria having our like yard sale on the dock we were trying to like repack our boat um and yeah I think I think you just came up and and said hi and then we chatted briefly and then got back to frantically trying to get all our our stuff prepared before we set off um and yeah and then we said hi then and then I think after that I think I kind of jokingly mentioned I think I ran into you in Court Townsend at like the wooden boat festival after I finished 7048 or something. And then kind of jokingly was like, I think we chatted for a bit and then was kind of jokingly like, oh, if you need, I don't know if you're doing race to Alaska on the boat, but if you need more people, like let me know. And then yeah, we just kind of got in touch from there.
0: Um got it. So that's interesting. There's four of you, and two of you have done race to Alaska before, Odin twice now, and two of you have not. And it's interesting to me. For some people, race to Alaska is like this pinnacle event, this peak experience. I'm going to work up to it. Uh, I know there's people right now who are already looking at like, I'm gonna do race to Alaska in 2028 and they're working towards it. And then some people do it and say, I'm gonna do that again and again and again. <laughs> so so I'm 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 really interested in like what itch are you trying to scratch and why, why exactly? has it not been satiated yet um well i have that
4: that race to alaska punch card that's constantly just reminding me that i <laughs> i can get a free one if i do one more after this
0: oh man if if y'all don't know what he's talking about there is a uh what is it pay for 4 get the fifth one free yeah card yeah <laughs> yeah so the, actually there's only been one person who's ever cashed that in um and so Maybe you'll be the second. Hopefully, and you've already, of course, Odin in t- last in twenty two. Yeah. You already won the steak knives, right? I'd like a
4: second set.
0: Okay, <laughs> so Odin's after a second set of steak knives. Apparently, he's a big carnivore. How about um, <laughs> I'll go? I'll go to Pearl. What? What are? What's your success? Like, what is success in Race to Alaska?
6: Um, I am just excited to. Well, we just pulled the boat out of the water yesterday. so right now I'm just excited to get to the start line. I'm kind of like in pre-race mode right now, just getting the boat re-ready. but honestly, just finishing because I haven't done anything like this before. I haven't been to Canada, so I'm excited.
0: And yeah. uh, and Chris, you, um, like you mentioned before, you come from like the nuclear engine room of a submarine. So oh, yeah. there, to, there to a sailing experience, what is what is winning? Like, Is it steak knives? Is it 10 grand? Is it, uh, I mean, some people, it might be, you know, running aground and having a wilderness experience. What's yours? <laughs> uh,
5: well, I mean, 10K sounds pretty nice, but honestly, the steak knives as well, because uh, I don't cook or anything. But uh, I don't know. It's just like a nice trophy. And I feel like 10K, I'll, like I'll figure out, really quick what i'm going to blow that on whereas the snake they'll stick around for a while it's it's more about the experience anyway let's be real uh
0: so then what part like there's so many parts of the race there's there's like the traditional lamb roast at jake Beatty's house uh, a couple Mm -hmm. nights before the race starts uh which is a a horrifying experience for vegetarians uh Then there is the Race to Alaska Ruckus, The Proving Ground, and then there's all sorts of shenanigans that go on in Victoria, and then the big race itself, and then kind of the, all the after parties in Ketchikan. So it, like, what's, what are you dreaming about? What's, um, what's, well, the I, fun, what's the fun part? I think at least Enzo
4: and Pearl and I are excited for Victoria because we're all 20 or younger
5: so uh well i mean to be fair i am also excited about that i think that's gonna be a blast because then it's before all the uh all the suck happens which so you're still like energized (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah victoria's a good time um okay so before you get to victoria before you get to the first start line you just hauled your boat out. Um, yep. is there big work to be done? Oh yeah. Oh, first, uh, before we get into that, uh, <laughs> we, we haven't properly described what your boat, like what's, what model is your boat? Give us a description. And then tell us what parts are broken and how much duct tape it's going to take to put back together. So Roscoe pickle
4: train is a turboed Santa Cruz 27. So it's a, uh, a battle proven boat in this race. Um, almost every year there's been a Santa Cruz 27. Um, what set this sets this one apart from the rest is it's a lot lighter. Um, and it has, uh, a, a rudder that's as deep as the keel and a carbon fiber bow that you can stand on the tip of. Um, and, yeah, that's that's Roscoe pickle train. It's just a little it's a little sled. It uh it doesn't doesn't seem like a whole lot when you first look at it, but then you see the boat out of the water and you see the lines and then you actually sail on it and it's it's quite the experience going twenty knots in a twenty seven foot boat. So what's broken? <laughs> um really nothing's that broken um the biggest the only thing that was really broken is our rudder bearings are a little bit loose um and we have a bunch of little odds and ends but um
5: the uh rudder tube being you know schedule 40 pvc pipe right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's getting fixed real soon
4: and yeah so this this winter or this haul out what we're gonna do is we're gonna Pull, we already pulled out the aft bulkhead in the boat, and we're going to tear out the rudder tube and just start there and rebuild the whole boat from s- stern to stem and uh, replace the entire interior and do a bunch of structural work. Um, we're doing some crazy stuff like cutting windsurfing masts in half and using them to stiffen the hull. <laughs> uh,
0: and, so yeah. you got a few projects. Yeah, <laughs> Odin. You mentioned yeah. There's been a Santa Cruz 27 in lots of race to Alaskas. We already interviewed Team Sell like a mother. They'll be on mm-hmm. an SC 27. Hey Enzo, are you aware of any other SC 27s in this race?
7: Uh, there are not any currently entered, but I, uh, yeah, I've I've heard some rumors of uh, of another one that might be entering. Yeah, you might.
0: I mean, you could spill it.
7: <laughs> That's fine. Who's that uh, going to be? yeah so my sister who raced with me in 2022 um her and a couple of the other sailors from COIC um have been putting together a team um and so they're going to be racing our same boat that we raced from 2022 um so they're actually borrowing it from the people who we sold it to and then they're going to be racing that this year
0: so is that is that causing a little friction in the home um
7: not really. I mean, also, I'm at like UW right now. So I'm not oh, really right. now. Yeah. So I don't like I don't get in much on like their team goings on and any of the drama with the team and stuff. So like, I don't know. I don't I don't know too much what's going on. But I don't know. We'll see. There may be a little
0: bit a little bit of sibling rivalry. But I think yeah, we're can we can to we be... count on can we count on a little like uh, rivalry in this race? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> a little bit. We'll
7: see. I think we're just both excited that we're both doing the race in the same year. And it's I don't know. It's kind of fun that we're both on very similar boats. Um, okay, I'm putting it out there
0: to the race to Alaska community. If you want to uh, put together a, a small prize for for a Doherty to to take to take first place in the Doherty prize, uh, <laughs> then then just reach out to me directly. <laughs> um, okay, so Pearl, I can't help but notice like you're sticking yourself on a, on a boat with some grungy dudes. Um, and they, they look pretty haphazard (laughs) and you are, you are a sailing instructor. So you, you strike me as you're, you're probably pretty like on point about maybe how things should be done. Is that, is that a fair assessment?
6: Yeah, I think, um, when it comes to like me and Odin and boats, he is like the king of all keel boats. And then I, and like all about dinghies and like that's a lot more my expertise Mm -hmm. so yes but also I definitely know my spot and I'm always learning um on pickle train and so so yeah but um definitely he went up him or Odin went up with his friend a couple weekends ago for man sale and he was telling me how he wasn't tethered in and I was like freaking out about it afterwards, because the safety guard in me from like fifth grade is coming through, but oh, that, okay. That makes
0: that makes me feel good that you're on board the boat. Then I think there needs to be some <laughs> level of professionalism going on here. Don't <laughs> fall off the boat. Don't fall off the boat.
4: That's important. Number
0: one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, raise your hand if you've been in a trans pack. You can't see, this is an audio medium. Right? That's me. <laughs> That's just one. Was there not someone, Was it, it was a TransPAC delivery? Mm-hmm. Right, so Pearl, you've done a TransPAC delivery. Okay, TransPAC versus Race to Alaska. Give us a pitch to all those TransPAC racers who think they know what they're doing, why Race to Alaska is too hardcore for them. Go. Um,
4: As a Race to Alaska racer and a TransPAC racer, I actually give people shit about this all the time um because a lot california sailors specifically are very well known for only sailing downwind (laughs) Uh, and that's true i mean like transpac is mostly just a downwind sled race it's it's just a drag race across the pacific going downwind in the trades and um all those people just they don't know anything about currents or sailing upwind (laughs) (laughs) narrow channels all that sort of stuff. I actually don't know how, if I've met anyone in the Transpac community that has done race to Alaska. I
0: believe there's a few, none <laughs> top of my head, but you're yeah. you're in a small crowd. Odin Smith is calling you out, everybody down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so there's currents, of course. There's windless days, and with currents and windless days. Uh, and no engines. Of course, there's pedal drives and paddles and all sorts of crazy things. Chris, you're down here at the other end of town sitting outside the shipwrights co-op. You worked on submarines. I imagine you're a pretty mechanically inclined guy. Are you the chief engineer of maybe putting together a pedal drive?
5: Oh, yeah. Well, I think we got one already lined up, right? But uh, Uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Either way, I'm definitely super down with that and also like all the all the like the systems we're planning on doing like a water ballast system hopefully and Mm -hmm. you know all the systems and the electrical kind of like my shtick so that's what i'll be doing and and the pedal drive because i'm sure it'll need some maintenance too when we get it if we get it
0: so let's talk about the electrical like um people out there might not think about it too much but when you don't have an engine you also don't have an alternator so there's always a a big puzzle with race to Alaska racers who could be out on the course anywhere between four days and several weeks. How do you charge? Um, have you got some clever plans or just something off the shelf?
4: We're planning on just solar. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Cause we don't, it's a small boat. We don't need that much electricity. Although we're going to need a bi- bigger battery bank. Cause I just got a 12 inch Zeus three display for the boat uh uh-huh. big ass chart plotter for the cockpit um but yeah mostly just solar so but uh, no no
0: like super awesome amenities they're going to suck a little bit of power that you need to account for not bringing blenders for smoothies you're no. not going to have like big sound system i mean you got oh
4: true um you got to remember we we sail the boat with a two horse most of the time anyways it doesn't really ever need to get charged um we got pretty simple instruments and very minimal lighting inside um the iridium go will probably eat up a decent amount of power while we're using it and um we are planning on having like a laptop with expedition loaded up on it and stuff so that will definitely chew up some uh battery power but i think we're gonna go for nice batteries and a big battery bank and hope that we can leave the dock with enough
0: charge. Hopefully, hopefully five days. So five days, that's your, that's your aim. Yep. Okay. Do you have, uh, have you already determined like a a watch system? Um, yeah, we're going to do a rotating
4: watch. So there'll be two people on deck and then every two hours, someone will go down below and another person will come back up so that there's always a fresh face on deck and someone who's been up for a while.
0: Do you anticipate some uh some drama are you is there <laughs> they're stewing is there resentment building in any particular areas that we could uh we could really hone in on when we're telling stories when the race comes between ourselves oh yeah i mean there's got to be some drama right no um,
4: no i don't
0: think so i mean <laughs> yeah. like
4: chris and pearl and i live together so we are pretty and we're pretty peaceful um And Enzo is just such a nice guy and he brings so much experience to the table, um, that I don't think we could really have
0: any corals. Okay. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to remember you said that. I'm going to ask you in Ketchikan how it went. My mantra, no tense moments. No tense moments. That's good. That's good. So after you've done race to Alaska for two of you, the first time for two of you multiple times, is there a next Sailing adventure you you've all kind of shown like a life on the water appears to be for you so going on from here what's what's next
6: oh my goodness I I'm not sure I love coaching and so I'm gonna be doing coaching in the summer and then teaching summer camps again I'll be back in the swing of things immediately afterwards but like long term just be on boats sailing, going cool
5: places. I mean, I would love to do a trans I think that'd be sick as hell or a pack up or something. But really even just the rest of the summer after the race, I just splashed my own boat not long ago, took it up to Susha. And I'm really just excited to uh kind of cruise around the islands, relax a bit and you know do more of that really. It's important to know the name of Chris's boat? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have a Capri 22 tall rig named greasy chicken fingers that I just kind of, uh, I don't know. I just kind of came up with that one.
0: <laughs> greasy chicken fingers, Roscoe pickle train. It sounds like a good flotilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enzo question goes to you. You've, I mean, you've done a lot of stuff. You and your family cruised for a couple of years when you were a lot younger, your, your sailing resume kind of looks like somebody twice your age for sure so and you're you're in university now so where are you going in the sailing adventure that's a good question i think i don't know there's definitely so far it's
7: been just kind of a journey where i've just been i don't know kind of taking things as they come up um so who knows where i'll go but um for now i think i'm just excited about sailing a lot i've been doing a lot of keelboat racing in the area on weekends and stuff um And then also for me, just because I'm a little bit newer to racing, um, particularly dinghy racing, just getting into trying to learn a little bit more of what I'm doing in that regard. Um, Racing with the UW sailing team has been super fun um, and some of the college regattas. So yeah, trying to work on that, doing some local keelboat races and then yeah, trying to get some distance races in
0: there as well. And I guess last skipper, Odin, what's going on with Roscoe?
4: brosco pickle train i mean she's gonna we're gonna sail it back from ketchikan and cruise around for the rest of the summer and then we'll see I, i'd like to eventually do a pack cup on the boat um i'm gonna stick to the um you know, doing trans pack and then race to alaska every other year most likely and yeah i'm just gonna continue racing in trans pack and race to alaska and then hopefully start building boats at some point. I'd really like to start building high performance boats in Port Townsend.
5: It needs it. A little bit of a representation over here from like modern stuff to
0: get the chitlins involved, you know? You saying Port Townsend is building dusty old sailboats? Yes.
5: (laughs) (laughs) We did actually just do a new construction aluminum boat, sailboat. That was fun. Still, I mean, there you go, we're branching out, yeah, yeah it's getting there. Great.
0: Well, um, I think you're going to be a fun team to watch. I look forward to the offers to put a prize on the table for the Doherty competition. <laughs> <laughs> and I look forward to you all arriving here in Port Townsend and uh, setting the green machine off north. So I'd just like to
4: take a second to thank our sponsors. Um, we've got the doctor's office from Anna Maria, Florida. Which is a cocktail lounge in Florida. Um, <laughs> we have Longship Marine and Paul's Bow, um, one of our great sponsors. And then S- Sunrise Coffee down in the port and Marina Cafe.
0: Three cheers for Jen. Hey, Jen.
4: Hooray.
0: I promise I'll pay my tab one day. <laughs> cool. Well, that's great, Oda. I'm glad to hear you're getting a lot of support. And I think uh, after. All the folks hear your stories on this here podcast. You'll probably get some more. All right, my friends, I'll see you in June and good luck.
5: Yeah.
0: Thank you.
6: Thank you.
0: Take it easy. All right. Those are your two teams for the week. And before I sign out, just another reminder. I know I'm telling you this every single week, but time is getting short. To apply for Race to Alaska, go to r2ak.com apply. You have until April 15th, tax day, to get your application in. And for the rest of you, those who like to use their time a little more wisely, make sure you're checking out all of our online spaces, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Share them with your friends. Do it. We'll see you next week. Race to Alaska is a project of the Northwest Maritime Center in Port Townsend, Washington. To learn about our other projects or how you can support them, please visit us online at nwmaritime.org.